Welcome back to Cargumentative, your favorite Times Live podcast on which we chat about all things cars and automotive. I'm your host, Thomas Faulkner from the Sunday Times, and as usual, I'm sitting in the virtual studio with Dennis Dropper from BD Motor News and young Brenwyn Naidu from the Sowetan and the Sunday Times. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Brenwyn? Hey, Thomas. Hey, Dennis. Uh, I'm well, thanks, and uh, good to be back in the virtual studio. I had some connectivity issues last week uh, in Eastern Cape, but um, but yeah, we're back in, uh, in the big smoke of Johannesburg and ready to talk uh, cars with you gentlemen. Very cool. And uh, Dennis, you haven't been away. Uh, we've both been up in Joburg. How things on your side of the world? Yeah, hello colleagues. All good on this side, enjoying the warmer weather and we've been taking some uh, cars out for testing at Geritech. Some exciting test cars have been coming our way, so all good this side. Very nice. Well, look, I mean, uh, it is a time of the show where we can chat about, you know, news, what you've been driving. So uh, staying with you, Dennis, I mean, what are some of the more exciting vehicles that have been sitting in your driveway? Well, the most exciting one lately has been the Mercedes AMG A45S, which is the king of hot hatches by any definition because it's the most powerful and the most expensive. So respectively, it has figures of 310 kilowatts and 1.1 million rand. So if those two figures gel very nicely for you, then you're A4 away. So we took that vehicle to Geritech for a test, and they claim a 0 to 100 of 3.9 seconds. And with our V-Box, we got very close to that. We achieved 4.1 seconds. So it does live up to the hype uh, in terms of its acceleration and its handling. And it also makes quite a nice noise for a four-cylinder engine. Yeah, I mean, that particular car has always been quite raucous. I mean, I've read it, some reports that this new one is a little bit quieter. Is that true? Or is that just, you know, jaded, pessimistic motoring journalists? I think maybe some people are being a little bit jaded, but uh, it does have the exhaust button in the cabin. So when you're driving it normally and you don't necessarily want that loud drone, let's say, for instance, if you're driving it from Joburg to Cape Town, then you, you can have it a little bit muted. But when you press that button, then kind of all hell breaks loose uh, in terms of uh, audio. Very cool. I mean, I haven't driven it yet. I'd like to. I know Mercedes don't know that I exist in Johannesburg. I only get to drive Mercs when I go down to Cape Town. So hopefully, uh, you know, when I go down to the Cape again, I can try and arrange one to test. News-wise, Dennis, anything exciting? Well, from Hyundai comes the all-new Tucson. This is the fourth generation of its SUV. And uh, rather than quiet little evolution, it's quite a revolution in terms of design and high tech. So it has this very bold grill, gnashing grill, and it has daytime running lights that are cleverly hidden in the grill. So you can't see them until you actually switch them on. And then they form this jewel-like image that looks very interesting whether you like that sort of thing or not it's certainly very striking and it's got this uh, this faceted design side curves once again not necessarily to everybody's taste but it certainly stands out in a parking lot and under that very interesting shape is a lot of high tech so hyundai's gone to town with semi-autonomous driving features like lane keeping assist and it even has a smart active cruise control that works in conjunction with the navigation so that it anticipates uh, corners and automatically slows the car down for, for corners. So it's, it's really very high tech and stylish and it's coming to South Africa sometime next year, although we don't know exactly when. 
and pricing is going to be announced a bit closer to the time. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, that's something to look forward to. And as you say, look, I mean, all these uh, new cars that are coming out are just loaded with tech and uh, features, you know, autonomous driving features, uh, infotainment systems. And that seems to be what consumers are after. You know, the driving experience has almost become secondary as we all become more and more obsessed with uh, being connected and online. But yeah, it is a striking looking vehicle. And if you'd like to know more, I'd suggest you head over to Times Live Motoring, where uh, Dennis did a nice little article about the car. So you can find out some more about it there. I'm going to swing things over to Brenwin. Brenwin, you were down in the Eastern Cape luxuriating on a beach in your speedo no doubt and i think you drove down in, in your long-term polo how did that uh, vehicle perform i did indeed uh, i think luxuriating might be an oversell but but let's go with it let's go with it. eating lobster on the beach in my speedos um the polo performed flawlessly you know when i first got into the treadmill under this relaxed level two of lockdown i coughed and splattered and you know it felt like starting a car for for the first time after a long time but luckily our polo uh, having you know been experiencing a life of short urban commutes didn't uh, suffer similarly you know it, it was so happy to stretch its legs and uh, and get some fresh air in there and i really appreciated how the consumption of the car went down from about nine odd to 6.1 on the open road uh, cruising at 110 all the way really um so that was great and yeah you know we had quite a special moment passing the uh, the factory there in Utenhag and I think if the car had arms it would have waved to its brothers and sisters there on the production line so great trip there and, and lovely to see the country it is it is I mean I've yet to leave the confines of Joburg but I, I'm really looking forward to getting in the car again and just driving and you know exploring the Karoo or going down to the down to the coast it's important i think it's good for the soul you know it's something that people should do especially if they're fans of uh, cars and driving so it's a segue from the polo talking about fuel consumption you did a comparison test between i think it was the suzuki espresso and the hyundai atos tell us a little bit more about that yes you're quite right so uh, so last week last week before i left for pe that's what i did uh, a little shootout between these two um thrift stars and you know gentlemen i think we can all agree that that well-made well-equipped and affordably priced cars are are a great thing you know um and i mean these two cars they're quite similarly matched but but they really are uh rather different um now safety of course is is a contentious uh, aspect of cars of this ilk uh the atos only scored two stars in its round of global NCAP uh, testing well the Suzuki is yet to be tested. So, so yeah, I mean, that's something prospective buyers would need to uh, be mindful of. And look, the full story is coming Times Live Motoring this Thursday uh, after being published in Sowetan Motoring. So our readers can, can look out for that. Interesting. Yeah, it's, um, it's a tough choice. And I mean, as you say, safety is a fairly... Um, you know, it's it's something that that should be factored in when looking at these uh, these cheap and cheerful cars. You don't want to have a a major prang in them because they'll be scraping you off the walls and doors, no doubt. But uh, you know, if you keep it safe, I think they offer a lot of you know smiles per mile. They're affordable. They're pretty decent to drive. Cheap to run. My money would be on the Suzuki Espresso. I think that car really impressed me when I had it on test earlier 
earlier this year. Dennis, if you had to choose one? Yeah, Thomas, I would swing towards a Suzuki. They're making some really impressive products nowadays, and I haven't driven one recently that has disappointed me. Yeah, they're kind of like the Porsche of the small car world, and uh, that Suzuki is cheap, and I was expecting it to feel cheap and drive cheap, but they've done a, a really good job in that little car. So, yeah, uh, Brenwin, interested to read your impressions uh, later this week. As Brenwin said, you can catch that article on Times Life Motoring. It will be up there. Now, guys, the clock is ticking. And we've got a very special guest. We've got South African spinning sensation, Vernon Hendricks, standing by. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to join him. Join me, Nicole Engelbrecht, your host on True Crime South Africa, a weekly podcast that covers both solved and unsolved South African true crime cases. Welcome back to Cargumentative. In this segment of the show, we're joined in the virtual studio by South African spinning sensation Vernon Vijaro Hendricks. Vernon, thanks so much for taking the time out of your schedule to chat to us all. How are you doing? Hi, thank you, man. Thank you guys so much. I'm great. I'm grateful for the opportunity you guys have produced for me to be here with you guys. It's only a pleasure. And again, uh, thanks for taking the time out. I know you're a busy man at the moment. So, so yeah, I mean, we've only got limited time with you, unfortunately. So I'm just going to get stuck right in. Uh, but before we do, Vernon, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are and the unique form of homegrown motorsport that you compete in? Well, uh, I'm an easy type of guy. I'm a family man, you know, a uh, businessman, trying to, you know, make a living out of our everyday jobs. Uh, I got into this motorsport a good couple of years ago. It was a form of motorsport for us in the township. First of all, we didn't have all the money and we didn't have all the resources. So we started way back in a location where we used to do these things in the streets, spinning. And over the years, you know, it's just been climbing up the ladder until where it is today. Fantastic. And um, I heard that you've been practicing for the annual Red Bull Shy Emoto competition that's being held at Wheels and Smoke on the 19th of September. Um, it's known as the Hollywood of Spinning. Can you tell us a little bit more about this event and what it entails? Yes. Uh, uh, as, as we speak, you know, me and my guys are actually preparing my car. We've been pursuing for the past three days. Yeah, it's really a big, it's really a big event. Uh, it gets you at, at times where you, you run to the toilet when you think of it all the time. <laughs> so, you know, uh, being part of it last year and being a champion for 2019, so going into 2020, you know, it puts so much uh, stress and pressure on a person that you have to defend your title. At the same time, it's one of the biggest shows uh, spending has ever seen. Uh, you know, uh, the way everything is structured, the planning, the professionalism behind it, the media, you know, everything in it. It's just awesome. And it's such a great event that you don't want to have any problems with your car and you as a driver behind the wheel. And, your, and obviously your pit crew must see to that everything, you know, must be fine. There must be no room for errors. So it's really hard work going into the show as we've been busy with the car since. Monday, 
So we just wanted to make sure that everything is okay. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I watched, um, there's a little mini documentary on last year's uh, Shai Emoto competition um, on Red Bull TV. Uh, and mm. it, looked, it looked fantastic. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, support. There's yeah. just smoke, lasers. It looks incredibly exciting as a spectator. But I can imagine quite daunting from a competitor's point of view. Because, you know, as soon as uh, it's your turn to go out, um, you can't make any mistakes. So um, I wonder if you can tell us, you know, uh, a little bit more about how you prepare your car. Yeah, look, uh, we start from from the front bumper to the back bumper to make sure everything is on its place and everything is 100%. You know, as well as servicing the car, all the new parts, oil, filters, plugs, no suspension check, uh, the mountings. Make sure your fuel lines, your fuel pump is accurate, it's 100%. It's a mission, it's a mission, I won't lie to you, but you know, we're used to it now, so we know where to check and what not to check. But we're getting there, I would say there's like 10% left and we're ready to go for, you know, tomorrow. We, we're going out there tomorrow. So yeah, no, the, from the car side, everything looks on point. No, fantastic. Well, I'm glad to hear that things are going smoothly so far. And, um, you know, a lot of our listeners might not know about your car. They might not know what you drive. So can you, you know, tell us a little bit about your vehicle? What makes it special? Okay, my vehicle is a 1989 BMW 325 2-door. Uh, it's known as a Kusheshe. <laughs> Bokshe BMW E30. My power-wise, I'm running a, a E36 BMW. 3 to 8 engine with a dictator management system with an M3 gearbox, custom prop shaft, custom duff, and yeah, custom suspension on my BMW. Okay. Look, I mean, I was watching that uh, Red Bull documentary last night, and I noticed that you spend a lot of time up on the rev limiter. Um, I mean, that's got to be, that's, that's got to be quite stressful for an engine. How often do you guys have to rebuild the engines in, in your cars, or are they fairly hard wearing? Uh, yeah, Thomas, you know, uh, over the years, you know, came a lot of experience regarding this engine story. Uh, when we started off, you know, it was quite, quite costly because, you know, with the, 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 the engine the car come out with, the normal six-cylinder, straight-six engine, can't take so much punch, you know. That's why I went for the E36 328 engine. And believe me, it's been five years that engine is in my car. You know, I just do the regular service on it and make sure it uh, doesn't get too hot and I don't punish it all the time, you understand? So that, that's where also, it also comes in where you have to look after, after your things, you understand? And it's been five years now that I've been running the same engine. Uh, and I have to, you know, it's my part of the game where you have to keep it into the rev limiter. Part of tuning also, the torque of the, of the car is not so much. That's why you have to keep it in a rev limiter. Uh, it's part, I can say it's part of the sport because, you know, part of the fans also love to hear that sound as it goes into the rev limiter. Of course, of course. I mean, it's a, it really is a show. I mean, if you guys haven't seen a spinning show, um, like I said, uh, go on to Red Bull TV and uh, look for that documentary because it is, uh, it's quite a, a spectacular pageant there. Um, Vajora, I've been hugging this microphone for too long. I'm going to pass you over to some of my colleagues and I'm going to hand you over to Brenwin Nadu from uh, the Sowetan and Sunday Times. Hey, Vernon, uh, really great to have you on the show. Uh, thanks for joining us. 
Pleasure's all mine, man. Thank you. Fantastic. I've got three questions for you, uh, sir. Uh, firstly, who brought you into the fold of spinning and who mentored you? Secondly, I know this might seem like an obvious question, but tell us about the dangers uh, associated with uh, this motorsport. And then uh, lastly, I mean, at some point, that BMW E30, as legendary as it is, it has to be replaced as the go-to car for the spinning fraternity. So which models are of interest to the next generation of spinners or are modern cars just muzzled by too many electronics? <laughs> okay, let's start by one. Uh, you won't believe me. Uh, I think I was at the age of 12 or 13 where I, I was learning. My brother was you know, teaching me how to drive. And it was, my father used to have a Nissan Sentra front wheel drive. And he used to teach me the basics like reverse, stop and go forward, reverse and go stop. And, you know, I got so used to it where I, 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 I could reverse and I just put it in first and let go of the clutch and, you know, Put your foot on accelerator, and that's why I saw, hey man, this car, this, this wheel is spinning. What's going on? <laughs> you know, and I start doing it more often and more often. And I started spinning my father's front wheel drive cars, and my father also had a Nissan 1400 bucket. That's where uh, I would say the, you know, the spinning started for me. Is to I got to drive the 1400, and when he sent me to the shop or something, you know, on the corners I used to let it go sideways and spun it, but mostly on the gravel until I used until I got used to it and start doing it on the tar stuff or so. Yeah, I got into it myself. Uh, no one there was no mentor there, no one teach me how to do it. So yeah, I basically got into it myself. And then yeah, and look where I am today. I I, I, I do I do look up to just one guy, my very close friend Jeff James is from Soweto. You know, uh, I used to I used to copy some things that he used to do in the spinning fraternity, you know, especially with the stunts. And yeah, but otherwise than that, I, I I got I got hold of it myself. And then number two, look, a lot of people will say that spinning is a dangerous sport, but until this very day, and I've been in the sport for over 15 years now. If you must sit in a car, you know, we spun first year. We push it now and into second gear, but if you look at your speedometer, you don't even reach 80, 80 kilometers an hour. You know, you don't even reach, let's say you don't even reach 60 kilometers an hour because 80 is not overrated. It, it, it's not overrated, it's out of the question. So let's say you reach 60 miles an hour. No one is ever tired of a car, you know, traveling at 60 miles an hour unless a truck or something hits you. You understand? If you drive 60, kilometers on a road where you drive yourself with no other car, no other truck, you can't even, you know, what, what's the worst that can happen? So, spinning is not really a dangerous sport. You know where the dangerous part comes in, involved when you involved in a spinning fraternity is when you proceed doing stunts. So, you jump out of the car and, you know, you want, if you're not familiar with these things, you can slide, you can hook. And you can end up under the car, you know. One friend of mine already, you know, had such a bad accident a couple of years back where he landed up under the car. But thank God he's still alive. He made it made it out of it. So behind the wheel, Ahmed, ah, you can't really you can't really make an horrible accident if you spin because you're not really going so far. Do you understand what I'm saying? And then number three, I hope you're still on track. <laughs> 
Number three, uh, look, Kusheshe is the most popular car in the spawning fraternity. The crowd is so used to, uh, you know, the Kusheshe. If you now, if I can put it this way, <laughs> you pull up with your supercar at the car meeting and I pull up with the Kusheshe, you know, the crowd goes wild. All eyes is on the BMW E30. So, but I understand times have changed. The game also have changed. You no know, guys are spinning with M3s, M4s. You can spin basically with any car, you know, that you feel comfortable with. But what the people want to see is a BMW E30. Fantastic. Uh, thank you so much, Vernon. And yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye out for you on the spinning circuits. Please, man. Uh, Renon, and okay, the rest of the guys... <laughs> you all really need to vote for me because we're going up for a competition on Saturday. So please join in SABC 1, 7 o'clock. The voting lines and the links will be open also. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's, that's going to be streaming live, uh, which, is, which yeah. is quite a cool thing as well. Because you don't have to pay, as far as I know. You just log on to uh, yes. uh, Red Bull TV and you can catch all, the active, all, the, all of the action live, which is, which is quite a cool thing to, uh, to yeah. have. Now, uh, Vajaro... Um, we've still got some more questions, um, so I'm not letting you rush off right now, but uh, I'd like to pass you on to Dennis Dropper, who's uh, the editor of Business Day Motor News. No problem. Vernon, thank you for joining us today. It's great to chat to a real-life spinner and uh, your exciting sport. Dennis, thank you, man. Yeah. Pleasure, man. <laughs> I'd like to know, how do outsiders react when they hear you're a spinner? Do they think the sport is for hooligans? Yes, definitely, uh, uh, definitely, definitely, Dennis. Um, that's, what, that's what all the people think actually about spinning. Uh, but until they get to see and they get to interact with you, then they see a whole other side of the spinning, you understand? Right. And, uh, yeah. Tell me, how, how organized is it? I mean, does it always take place in a stadium or some kind of controlled environment? Definitely. Uh, most of my events taking place in a controlled environment. I, remember, I, I, I traveled the whole of South Africa. People book me to go to gigs, you know. It's, it's quite controlled where it's closed off. There's barriers and you want to inside there alone. The fence is far from you. So no one can get hurt. It's always in a controlled environment. Okay, great. That's good to know. And then I also want to know, since it's not an actual race, how do you choose a winner? Is it all about style? Look, uh, if you can watch uh, the Red Bull, the coming Red Bull show that's coming up Saturday. On the competition side, you get you, you get different types of spinning. You get a freestyle type of spinning. Then you get a stunt, stunt guy to do the stunts. Then you get the competition, like a mini Chumkana type of spinning. That's what we're going to do uh, on Saturday. So the, the way they charge you is they put beacons, obstacles in a pitch, you know, and then you have to target those obstacles. So the closer you go to an obstacle, it's about a point system, you understand? The closer you go to the obstacle, the more points you get. And also, if you can finish all those obstacles in a certain time, you also uh, get bonus points, you understand? There's a time frame, you have to finish in a certain amount of time. That's how they charge you. Okay, great stuff. And then finally, is there any money to be made from the sport, uh, locally or overseas? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Look, if they book me for a show, let's say in Turban, you know, they cover my fuel, they cover my accommodation, and as well as I get something extra to perform on the day, you understand? Because, uh, I mean, the car is very expensive, uh, tennis, and then also uh, you have to look at your tires. But some of us, you know, fortunate, and I thank God that I have a tire sponsor. You know, South Tech Crew has been looking really good after me. So, 
yeah, you, you do get something back. You can definitely, you know, there's some guys that really make a living out of spinning. If they get booked, uh, like, monthly two or three shows, you can, you can make some money of it. And obviously, you know, not a lot, but you can you can, you can can make means of it. Okay, super. Thanks a lot. That, that's all from our side. Dennis, thank you. Some interesting insights there. Um, I think I need to swap motorsports, you know, uh, on circuits. Uh, <laughs> we, we don't get, we, you know, we actually don't get a cent. Um, so yes, I think I'm going to come and join you guys and maybe... Yeah, you're more than welcome. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, look, we've still got a few, a few minutes left. Uh, I'm going to ask you a couple of more questions. And, uh, you know, we might have some youngsters uh, tuning in to the show. And I'm sure um, some of them are keen on spinning and they'd like to be where you are now. So, I mean, what advice can you offer... Uh, young and aspiring spinners on how to get into the sport, you know, uh, do you have any, any tips? Yeah, mostly, you know, I know there's a lot of young guys and girls who want to get into the sport, but my advice to you guys will be first finish school. Leave the story where you think you're going to leave school and start spinning. Spinning is not going to give you uh, uh, education. Spinning is not going to pay your way out every single day, you know, like with a COVID. Now that Red Bull is our very first show for the whole year, you understand? And like I explained to Dennis, there were were guys that used to love of, you know, the money they used to make of spending. So look where they were now searching for this whole COVID story. So my my advice to you young people is finish school and see that you always include God into your journey. Doesn't matter what you think or what you know you can achieve, you can achieve nothing without God. God must be the center of everything that you want to uh, uh, take on in, in the spinning industry as well as in your, you know, in your, in your normal uh, daily life also. God needs to be the center and believe you me, you'll jump from greatness to greatness. Absolutely. I also wanted to ask you, I mean, we've been chatting a lot about cars and, and setup and engines, uh, but spinning is a, a form of motorsport that strikes me as being quite physically demanding. Um, so is there anything that you do on your side uh, to keep your body in, uh, you know, tip-top condition? Yeah, I yeah, know. Uh, me, myself and my family every day, you know, at a certain time, we jump on our bikes and we drive about, I would say, yes, about a kilometer, you know, around our block where we stay in our neighborhood every single day. So just to keep foot, it's hot. That's what I do, yeah, with my family. <laughs> okay, perfect. And uh, in terms of, of, of like spinning practice, I mean, um, you know, if you're into track racing, you'll obviously go to a, a circuit like Swartkops or Red Star to go and do some circuit practice there. But, I mean, for you guys, is there, is there like a, an open arena where, where you can go and, and, and spin any time of the day? Or, you know, I mean, how does that all work? Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, Thomas, uh, I have to be honest with you, it's very difficult for us. Huh? Oh, well, for myself, uh, before it was way different where we used to, I, I, well, I can say where, where, where I was still young and full of energy, you know. But now uh, it's different. I don't really practice. I don't, I don't have a place where I can go out and test my car. I used to be in my street, but the neighbors, you know, they were complaining. So the only day where I get to start my car is like now when I'm busy with it and preparing for a show. But 
any way, anyhow, I don't practice at all. Today, I, 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 I can say I get to spin or get to practice. If I go to a venue, like I'm an hour early, you know, then I just test my car and feel it everything is still okay. And then, yeah, then I'm into the, into the, into the show. So that's quite hectic. Eh? I mean, uh, you don't have a lot of time to obviously, you know, uh, prepare. You don't have time to kind of hone your skills. So it kind of, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds to me that, that the spinning community is in need of, of some kind of uh, central arena where, where, you know, spinners can go and they can practice safely and they've got facilities there, you know. Um, is that something that would help you guys out? Yeah, definitely, uh, Thomas, you know. I, I'm in a Nigel Eastern area, and I've been in meetings with the local people, and, you know, in charge of, of land and as well as the municipality of Nigel. You know, it's really difficult and it's challenging because there's so much people want to see in us. Uh, you know, because a lot of people look up to us as role models, you know, but we never, we never have the time and like, we never have the venue to to do this and to show is what we love and as well as to get the young people involved into the spinning. But the challenge that we're facing is we don't have a place where we can do these things. We've been knocking on doors, but no one has been opening, you understand, Thomas. But we're just praying and by the grace of God, I know some door will definitely open for us. Yeah, that sounds to me, it's, uh, it's actually quite sad, you know, because if you had a central arena, um, um, a place to go, as you said, it would help uplift the community. It would get kids off the street. It would give them something to look forward to. Amen. Uh, you know, you could, you could get into, uh, you know, not just driving the cars, but also teaching them to service them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if there's somebody out there and somebody who's listening and someone who has the, the money and the time and the inclination, I think uh, investing in the whole uh, spinning scene would be a, a very worthwhile thing to do. Um, Look, the clock is ticking. I've got a couple of short questions here. Your spinning car is a BMW 325iS, but what is your dream car? If someone, you know, sort of came up to you and said, you can choose anything, what would you park inside your garage? Uh, BMW M8. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's a mean looking car. I haven't driven one yet, um, but my colleagues have, and they were, they were quite uh, taken by it. So, so hopefully soon, you know, hopefully soon I, I can hook that up. And then what's next for you going ahead? What are your goals? What's next for me? You know, I'm a type of, I'm a type of guy that goes on out for my family. So career-wise, I'm actually very pleased, and I thank God for it. Um, yeah, I, I, I have some challenges, but I just also, you know, by the grace of God, Doors have been opening for me left, right, and center. So I'm busy in all in all, all areas in, 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 in I can say in my career, and I'm very grateful for it. So what next for me is to take the spinning to the next level. I really, really hope doors can open for us to open a, a spinning, spinning academy. I would love to teach these young guys how to do spinning on a professional scale, and as well as a closed and professional venue. So yeah. This is my ultimate goal. This is what's next for me. Okay. Well, I can hear there's a siren going off in the background. So I'm sure that's, that's your alarm clock saying uh, it's time to move on. Um, so, so I'm going to say, yeah, um, Majora, thanks so much for taking the time out of your schedule. I know you've got a lot of preparation to do for the competition this weekend. Um, best of luck for that. Uh, I'll hopefully have a chance to tune in and 
watch you in action. And uh, I will do that. And uh, again, thanks for joining us on the show. Folks, that's all we have time for this episode of the show. Um, it's come to an end. But we hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you'll tune in again next week for another episode of Cargumentative. <laughs>